the State College Football Podcast. Wait a second, guys. Whoever said you had to be good to play football? With Lions Digest Football beat writer, Nathan Grilla. This is incredible. They got the guards in the backfield. They got the center to the right. And, and the quarterback isn't even there. They're standing around, bud. And former freshman football assistant, Nicholas Hoshwalter. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the State College Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hoshwalter. And I am Nathan Grella. And we are back. And I would like to start by apologizing for last week. Um, unfortunately, we had an entire episode recorded. It was regular hour-long production with everything you expect from us. And, of course, the audio got corrupted, and we were not able to record again in time. So we skipped a week, and we're really sorry. Thankfully, it was between Chambersburg and Carlisle, which aren't the biggest teams on the schedule, but hey. But, fortunately, if you wanted to go back and listen to that episode, I posted about it on Facebook, and I did a little, like, drive mp3 so it's like if you really want to listen to it you can look get this link and try to get through it but we're not <laughs> really broadcasting it to you so yeah basically uh, we were trying out a new microphone and we were really excited about it and it sounded great for a while and for some reason it started clicking and we did all kinds of stuff to try to fix it and we couldn't so yeah that's what can you do that was actually a really good episode, too, so hopefully we get another winner this week. I think we will. Alright, so Nathan has a nice, fat announcement for you guys. Alright, so last year, um, a church youth group that my dad runs, uh, we did a tailgate for the homecoming game last year, and this year we are doing another tailgate, only this one comes with another caveat, as we will be doing a live podcast, 30 minutes at 5.45. The party starts at 5.30, so come at 5.30 and have some fun, but at 5.45, we're hitting the record button, we're going up on Facebook Live, um, anyone who comes can watch us, it's gonna be a real fun event, we got Cam McCurdy gonna be a guest on the podcast. He knows nothing about football. He's a hockey guy, but we're still going to have fun. Um, this will not, it'll be a preview, but it'll be more of just a, Hey, get to know us. We're, we're here kind of episode. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Just a nice chill little thing to listen to before the game. Sponsored by the E-Free Church and Philly Pretzel Factory, who we are actually eating right now as we talk. So, yeah, that was real. <laughs> Not actually. <laughs> uh, Alright, so we also have another huge announcement. This one is definitely more important. Sorry, Nathan. <laughs> but Keaton Ellis, uh, the man, the legend himself, uh, Keaton Anish the Transcendal, has been kicked up a notch to the number one overall recruit in the state of Pennsylvania, as said by 24-7 sports, or 247 sports, however you want to say it. Um, and this is the only the 247 rankings. This isn't the composite in which he rose to number three. The composite takes into account all like the all the rankings from like Rivals and all the other ranking sites, and then combines them into one ranking. So 
two, four, seven, get getting them ranked first in the state. And this is above um, players like Andre White, who I think was previously ranked as number one, right? Andre no, White. No, it was uh, Porter. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. Joey Porter Jr., yes. Yeah, so he's ranked ahead of both Andre White and Joey Porter Jr., which is a pretty big deal. Andrew Christofik was up there, too, from Pine Richland. Of they, course. Yep. Yep, our uh, perennial enemy, Pine Richland. Yeah, so that's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's that's a big jump. We haven't you know, had in the state. a state, and if this continues, we'll probably have a state All-American, right? So Yeah. So that hasn't happened since 2008, 2009, and that was when we had two of them at once. I don't remember their names. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, really special. We don't see this very often. And it's nice to see that even in his senior year, you know, he's Keaton is still building his reputation in his last season. You know, have a couple games left to play, more than a couple, but he's still on the up. So it's awesome. All right. So moving on, we got our picks against the spread, which we picked last week, but you probably didn't hear them. So actually, we could probably change these and make them all right, but we're not going to do that. We're going to be completely fair and honest and transparent yeah, we're, with we're our straight struggle here at the state college football podcast so first up we got harrisburg at cumberland valley the spread was harrisburg favored by 24 and i thought that was a little liberal in a spread but <laughs> we um both picked the over actually and they blew them out 45 nothing cumberland valley is 0-5 and I heard the guy in the previous show for Chambersburg say, if they go 0-5, they ain't making the playoffs. And they got a gauntlet of a schedule down the stretch, too. So yeah, you can could, just about count out Cumberland Valley at this point. We could potentially see an 0-10 season for Cumberland Valley, which, I don't know, I think there's a good chance they still win one. But that would be incredible considering how well they did last year and the last couple years. I mean, that was traditionally one of our most difficult games, as all of you guys probably know. And suddenly they've just dropped off the face of the earth. Well, it turns out that the mid-pen is all of a sudden, like, really good because teams like Carlisle are starting to at least compete against teams like State College and Central Dauphin uh, and Harrisburg. So teams like Carlisle and Altoona are suddenly starting to look way more competitive and way more unpredictable than yeah, other teams true. in the mid-pen. And Cumberland Valley is looking very predictable because they're 0-5. Yeah. So, like, if they Cumberland Valley plays Carlisle, I would put that at a pick em right now, but uh, <clears throat> Carlisle's much more consistent at this point. Yeah, I would have to take Carlisle over that hypothetical game, and I'm sure it'll happen a little later in the season, but we'll get to that in a later episode. Um, after that, we've got... Central Dauphin at Carlisle, and um, Central Dauphin was favored by 10 points, and both Nathan and I picked um, Central Dauphin to go over the spread, Yep. and we were correct. Uh, Central Dauphin ended up winning 35-17, so... And when you're creating... Yeah. When you're creating spreads for Central Dauphin, it's hard because of their defense, because we still don't really know... I mean, their offense can score points, obviously, but it's not very consistent, so you always try and want to keep the spread low 
against poor teams. And we know Carlisle's offense isn't terrible, or and their defense certainly isn't terrible yeah. either. So, 10 points is the spread, and we both got it right. Yeah, I think in the future we can count Central Dolphin as a more potent offense than we saw at the beginning of the season. Um, they, they've seemed to develop quite well the last couple games. They've scored more points than we expected. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Central Dolphin, who's been famous for their defense, um, seems to be developing their offense pretty well as well. So that's a little scary, but you know, we'll see that when we get to that. Yep. Uh, Shippensburg was at Mifflin County. Shippensburg is a 4A school. Mifflin County is a 6A school. Shippensburg is a pretty average 4A school. And they were still favored by 15 points against Mifflin County. Mifflin County ended up winning this game 26-21. Mifflin County just keeps screwing me up when my predictions and... As I said last week, I'm never picking for them, ever. So, and I'm going to keep doing that, even if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, so Shippensburg ended up losing 26-21, as he said. Um, I actually picked under, so I was closer. And we've had this discussion many times before. I was closer to right, but I was still not correct, because I did not pick them to win. I actually did think Mifflin County would lose. But hey, I mean, it's nice to see them get a win. You know, for their fans, at least. They have passionate fans that don't get to be excited about much. So I guess that's a good thing. Especially since they're not much competition for us. But, anyways, um, next we've got a nice mini preview of our next game, kind of, a little bit. And that involves CD East. And Altoona was playing at CD East. And the spread was 7 for CD. And they ended up winning 17-16 in overtime. So, that's interesting. So, I was right, because I picked the under. And if CDE lost this game in overtime, I wouldn't be happy. But since they did, I got the under and won. And Nick of picked course, the over, so... <laughs> so, I'm a big, fat loser, just like Altoona. <laughs> and then, finally... Um, We've got Chambersburg at State College. Settled dig at Altoona there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the spread was at 16, favored for State College. Um, I picked the over, and Nathan picked the under, and we did go over. We won 35-16. I'm sure you guys all probably know that. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't know that if you're listening to this podcast. But in any case, if you didn't, we beat him pretty handily. I mean, it wasn't as high scoring as the last couple games, but... It's definitely a good game. It's a lot of fun. Yep, and we'll head into that game right now. Basically, uh, we received the kickoff to start off the game. Tommy Freiberg took the first play in for a score. It was a 53-yard rush, right? 53? Yes, 53 yards. And I gotta say, caveat here, this was an impressive run. This was not just some kind of like, oh, you know... A linebacker just completely whiffed and gave him an easy rush, you know. There wasn't anyone left in the secondary to take him. Now, he had to work for this one. I mean, he made people miss. I'm pretty sure he ran over at least one person, you know. This was a very impressive run for a quarterback. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. 
So we go out there and we onside kick it on the next play. And we get the ball and we end up scoring a touchdown on the following drive. Isaiah Edwards was really the key factor in this drive as he had two first down rushes. And then Keaton Ellis with the touchdown pass, nine yards, to make it 14-0. Then we kick the ball off for real. They run two plays and then throw a pick six. And five minutes into the game, it's basically over at that point. Well, as far as we thought, so the score was 21 nothing, But, I mean, they still had some pretty good fight in them. I mean, Chambersburg is actually a pretty decent team this year. And you saw them actually put up a decent amount of points pretty soon afterwards, right? Yeah. They scored kind touchdowns of. soon. It was and, always like... Hey, Chambersburg scored. Are they about to come back? And they never came back. And then we'd score, and then they'd score, and they'd be like, oh, they're coming back again. And nope, never came back. Yeah, it was a little back and forth from there. But they they were able to score on us. I mean, it, Yeah, it was a pretty ugly game on both parts. And we'll dive into that. Um, offense... I've, I think the rest of this game doesn't really need to be reviewed as in, like, play-by-play play because the rest of this game was ugly. It's very, very bad football, at least for the state high offense. Um, the state high offense really struggled to hold on to the ball. At least most of their fumbles, they recovered themselves. But there were Yeah, there was a lot of bad snaps. A lot, I mean... Bad snaps, fumbles, just yeah. Zach stuff like Betts, that. Um, the snap out of your own end zone, that can't happen during a game. Um, yeah, against, do you want to elaborate on exactly what happened there? Uh, basically, we were punting around the 20. Uh, Aaron snap flew over the head of Addison Darcy out the own end zone. They get two points, and we got to give them the ball back. Yeah, so it was a uh, safety out the back of the end zone. So, don't see that too often, but it's a little disappointing. And that was kind of the the low point of our game. I think we definitely played a little bit better after that, but that was really when we were glad that we, we got that early touchdown, you know, that we kicked the onside's kick, that we scored there, we got the pick six, you know. Those quick points at the beginning really helped us feel a little more secure in that moment because if we hadn't have done that, then things would have been a lot yeah. more sketchy. Against a better team, against Central Dolphin, Central Dolphin East, that this game is not that winnable, I don't think. Because pick six doesn't happen against good teams. Pick six doesn't happen against good quarterbacks. So, And we know the next three teams have good quarterbacks. The the type of mistakes we we made in this game, whether it be penalties and guys getting injured, isn't a mistake, but it was really became a problem later in the game. Um, fumbles, like put, snaps out of our own end zone. These type of mistakes aren't going to win you games against, certainly not against Pine Richland. Yeah. So the offense, we know what they're capable of. This game, hopefully, was just a uh, little hiccup. And, of course, we say that, 
even considering the fact that we scored 35 points, which is still Well, all of it lot. was in the first half, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, offense really struggling. Cohen Russell told me that after the game. He said, hey, we, we let our defense down, basically. So, and the defense played amazing. We went into this game with so many questions um, regarding their play against dual-threat quarterbacks, and we found out this quarterback didn't have that much of an arm, but enough to scare you at least. Yeah. Um, and their running back is just dynamite, so... Yeah, I gotta say, their their quarterback was impressive, and he was good on the run. Um, he was decent in the mid-to-short-range passing game, but his deep balls were ill-advised. And, of course, that could also be on the, you know, I don't know if it was a design play, if the coaches are looking for that touchdown. But whenever he threw it deep downfield, and I'm talking like, you know, 20, 30 yards, because this is high school football, you know, I'm not expecting him to throw a 40-yard pass in the air. But, you know, he, he wasn't really threatening us deep, and our secondary was good enough that their receivers weren't too much of a problem. So we were able to make them fairly one-dimensional, and you know that's a big key to winning a football game is making an offense one-dimensional. Yeah, the defense was really, really good, I think. We were wondering about stopping the run. Titus Thompson, the loss of him, it turned out Dwayne Hahn, despite one pretty errant penalty, was very reliable in this game. Um, he was really filled in. To Titus Thompson's role uh, pretty well. A little bit undersized, but he is definitely a force to be reckoned with on the line. Um, but the defensive line has just lost so much depth, at least right now. So, I don't know if that's sustainable. But this game was just... I mean, they still ran the ball right down the middle. But... It, it wasn't as bad as, say, against Holidaysburg or against Carlisle, against teams where the offense has played consistently. So this is really the first game of the year where we can say, hey, the defense really won us this game. Um, because if the defense didn't play that well, I mean, they got into their our red zone twice and were stopped with a block field goal. And yeah. A, so. Yeah, that was pretty huge. We, we had some really, really nice stops in the end zone. And even... Um, we, there was one time where they got a... It was like a first and two. Or is it a first and one? First and goal. Yeah, first and goal. <laughs> but there was only one yard to the goal. And our defense was able to hold them for three downs, which is pretty impressive, you know? I mean, they ended up scoring eventually. It was a bit of a questionable call. But the fact... You don't see many high school teams that are able to hold their own on a first and goal for even one play. You know, much less two or three. So, you know, we we did play very well in the in the red zone, especially our defense. Yeah, the line, <clears throat> the linebackers really uh, played well against the run. I thought um, defensive tackles same way. We got penetration. Um, just really, just almost a per. Beside the Dwayne Hahn penalty, this is a perfect. Uh, everything you would want from this defense in this game. Especially against... Uh, we knew Chambersburg had a really, really lethal offense, and they came to play. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And they definitely tried to focus on the running game, you know? Um, but we were able to largely keep that under control. You know, they got their their decent-sized runs. They got a few little breakout plays, and they were able to run, you know, at least more consistently than we'd like. But we definitely looked better than last week. I think that's really the takeaway. Especially on defense. Um, so, yeah, and this game... I gotta say... Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, you can go. I'm about to... No, Turn so, into the next point here. You know, I, I think even though you know, we, we saw that the offense wasn't quite as potent as we'd seen in the past, of course they still scored thirty five points, but also, um, you know, we don't I don't think this is a pattern. I I'm not concerned about the offense, really. Unless you know? they get injured. Which yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't think it'll be too much of a problem, you know. Everyone has a bad game, and honestly, this isn't that much of a bad game. I mean, 35 points is still a lot. It's just not quite what we've been used to in the last couple weeks. But hey, Chambersburg is a good team, you know? So I didn't expect this to be a score that was the same as Carlisle or Holidaysburg. Yeah, uh, Chambersburg does have a very good team. Um, their defense is not super and I don't think they're going to be able to stop teams like, especially Harrisburg. Like, Harrisburg could drop 70, 80 points on this team very easily, I would say. Central Dolphin could drop 40, 45 points on this team pretty easily. So, th this was kind of... I thought this game would definitely be a shootout, and it probably should have been. So... If the state high defense shows up like this every game, we got a solid chance to beat just about any team. Yeah, I agree with you. So this game against um, Chambersburg really ends about the easier part of our schedule. Um, we were we weren't sure how good St. Augustine was, and that kind of was a surprise to know that they were actually a competent football team, unlike. The other four teams we played, the first five. And going into the year, we said, hey, this team could easily win the first five. But they could also easily lose the next five. Yeah, that's and true. That's that's a shout-out all the way back to, what was that, episode one or two? And I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying it's pretty possible because... Although Cumberland Valley is terrible and they probably won't have anything to play for at the end of the year, I could see us losing to every team we play for the next four weeks. I could see us losing to CD East. I could see us. I could definitely see us losing against Harrisburg and Central Dauphin. Altoona is probably more of a stretch. Um, yeah, it's possible. I'd say it's more possible than the first half. But I think. I don't know. I really don't think we're going to lose to CD East. I really don't think we're going to lose to Altoona or even Cumberland Valley. I think there's a pretty good chance that we lose to either Harrisburg or Central Dolphin or quite possibly both. I I would put money on Harrisburg right now. Harrisburg is really, really good. So that's the game to circle if you want to drive right now. If we beat Harrisburg, then the game's a circle of Central Dolphin. By far, those two games are going to be very difficult, especially on the road. 
But this this game coming up really enters the three toughest games all in a row. Um, you can't have dumb penalties like you had against Chambersburg. Your offense has to be 100% on every play. Um, the defense has to get healthy first and then be 100% on every play. Yeah. Basically, the next three games coming up, they're pretty tough. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch because I think it's great that we played St. Augustine because that was really such a formative game, you know? I mean, just the idea that we have to go in and play a tough team in an unfamiliar territory, you know, in the middle of a part of the schedule that's not so difficult I think that's really the key game of the year so far that gritty win that tough you know defense first kind of game I think that really helped build a lot of resilience in this team I'm glad that we have that before we go into play this tougher part of our schedule because really if it wasn't St. Augustine and if it was you know say Altoona at that time and we played St. Augustine later I think we could be in a lot of trouble because I don't think Altoona would be competitive with us and we really haven't been faced, bes- excuse me, tested besides St. Augustine this year. So I think that's kind of a blessing that we went there, really. And the if there were three games where you would say, Matt Lintel, open up the playbook, these three games, because the last five games, I don't think we've even seen close to all of our plays. I think, at least for four of the five games, it's been pretty vanilla offense, vanilla spread offense, and we've been getting the job done on offense. Um, And defensively, you could probably say the same. Um, I don't think this team should give up 16 points against Chambersburg or however many points we scored against Holidaysburg or even let Mifflin County score. So... It's been pretty easy-going play-calling, at least, uh, so far. But the we're really going to see what State High is made of in these next three weeks. Yeah, for sure. All right. And it's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited for it. Even though it's a little scary, it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to define the season. Here we go. First up... Central Dauphin East, their record is 2-3. and three. And you might hear that and say, oh, they're not very good, until you realize they played Mannheim Township first, who is a very good football team. Oh, they're yeah. in the top 10 in 6A. Yeah. Uh, they played Archbishop Stepniak, which is a Catholic school in New York, uh, and they lost 32-14. to 14, And then they played Harrisburg and lost 42 nothing. Their two wins, though, came against pretty average teams, Lower Dauphin, it's not an average team. They're a bad team. But Altoona yeah. is a pretty average team, and they won in overtime. Obviously, they're missing their star player from last year, Kane Everson, who transferred to Harrisburg um, and will play out his senior season there. But this team still has a ton of athletes, just like they usually do. Yeah. So, And the first among them is Green, their sophomore quarterback. Um he can do it with his feet and his legs. I'd say he is a much, much better dual-threat quarterback than Brady Stumbaugh was last week. Um, 
And it's another real test for the defense because we said we hadn't seen a dual-threat quarterback before last week, and now we can say we haven't seen a good dual-threat quarterback until this week. We'll, we'll see what the defense is made of for this game. The running backs are Baker, and then he's really their give-it-all guy. He's got 256 yards on the year, uh, averaging 8 yards a carry, which is... Pretty good, actually. And that's that's extremely good. Uh, 51 yards is the long, or 90 yards is the, his oh, longest geez. run. Yeah. Um, he's had a two touchdowns. Um, wide receivers, they got a couple standouts. So wide receivers are actually brothers. Um, hmm. Brent, Sean Brown and something else Brown. They both start with the same letter. Um. One's a senior and one's a junior, and those two guys can line up on either side um, of the stadium, and uh, uh, they, you can get they can get Chuck too. So it's Sean Brown and Stefan Brown. All right. Also, for some reason, Max Preps lists his weight as zero pounds, so we might have trouble um, covering someone that literally has no mass at all. He must be really fast. <laughs> yeah. And their... Cowan is their, like, slot receiver, and those are, like, the only three guys they ever throw to when they do throw. This is much more of a similar offense to State College where you're going to see a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of screens, um, especially to the Brown brothers. You're going to see a lot of straight handoffs to Baker and Neong. Um, so, yeah. And then their defense is something to not really be laughed at either. Um, Yeah, their linebackers are pretty awesome. Listen, out of their 12 or 13 leading tacklers, seven of them are linebackers. This is the linebacking core is the deepest linebacking core we'll see in years for any team. Like... You look, go down the their list of leading tacklers, and it's middle linebacker, nickel linebacker, outside linebacker, middle linebacker, cornerback, outside linebacker, middle linebacker, and then they got another outside linebacker in the last six. So what is that? Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Six of their top seven tacklers are linebackers. Like, that yeah, that's is... that's pretty crazy. So... What that tells me is we're not going to be able to run the ball very well because if they have that many good linebackers, I'm not I'm not betting on our guys to be able to run out of them. We're going to have to take some deep shots here and there. We're going to have to open up the playbook for this game. Which I'm excited for. That sounds like a lot of fun. Maybe I'll be uh, eating my own words later. But honestly, that's it's going to be difficult, but it's going to be really cool. And, and if there's one way to stop the said high offense, that's how you do it. You get li- you get fast linebackers, which we know they have in Lee and Cowan. You get fast linebackers, get them to cover the slot receivers in Green or Keaton Ellis. And they have very good middle linebackers. You can stop Isaiah Edwards or you can rush on Freiburg. And they have good linemen as well. It's the secondary where they're kind of lacking and missing Everson for transferring. When we throw the ball, um, it shouldn't be that difficult. Uh, this might be the game where you want to... Uh, 
check out the air raid offense against some of these defensive backs. <laughs> yeah, that that's going to be very interesting. Um, yes, air raid offense, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, we've certainly seen Keaton accomplish that major, especially against Carlisle. Brady Dorner still looked good last week. Oh, we didn't talk about it yet, but he had a couple of nice catches. It was great. I was on the sidelines, and one of the guys was, you know, Brady made a great catch, and he's like, oh, that's Brady. Like, wow, a little surprised, you know. So we're all surprised at how great of a receiver Brady Dorner is turning out to be. Um, it's pretty cool to watch. I think he's definitely played way more receiver this year than quarterback, which is not something that we expected at all. But it's definitely working, so that's good to see. And he's filling a little more of that big body role. Um, Jeremy Bullock had a couple of nice catches last night. Well, not last night. Last Friday. <laughs> this is being recorded on a Tuesday, so definitely not last night. But, uh, yeah, Jeremy had a little bit more involvement. Uh, he was able to hold on to the ball this time. So I- I'm really excited to see these guys get a little more use. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I I want to see the tight ends. Uh, I've been vocal on this before. I want to see the tight ends get more active in the passing game. Uh, Jeremy Bullock was not really showing it that well the first four games, but hit this last game, Jeremy Bullock was really effective down the middle. Um, they, he was targeted several times, and he was pretty good. He got a couple first downs here and there. So, Jeremy Bullock, hats off to him. He's gotten out of the slump, and I think he could be a really uh, effective weapon for Tommy Freiburg, especially if we're not able to run the ball against their linebackers, because that's how you take out good linebackers and just throw it out over their heads. And, like I said, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and I get another struggle. I'm not sure about the status of James Pone, but... If we don't have James Pone for this game, and I know Shane Cole might also be out, it could get a little interesting on the line, I think, because their defensive line is very good, and they're able to create penetration. They're very big and strong, and this is... And if we don't have the guys on the offensive line, this could not end up very well. We not Because... If we're not able to run the ball, we need to make time to throw. And if we can't make time to throw, we're not going to move down the field, really. Um, So, Tommy Freiberg might have to do this all himself, possibly. And Keaton. And Keaton. (laughs) Yeah, this might be another Keaton scores seven touchdowns game. CD East pretty all right. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I I mean, they definitely have a pretty decent defense, evidently. I still don't think that it's going to matter that much, you know? I, I think State College is going to put up quite a bit of points on them. They I have I don't one. know. I'm, I'm honestly yeah. expecting a score fairly similar to the Cumberland Valley, or, excuse me, Chambersburg game. Um... I think that this time we are not only scoring 35 points because our offense was not that productive in the second half, but because we are facing a much better defense. And I think our offense is good enough to hold them to 16 if they play like they did last week. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. So I think, honestly, that the score from last week would be fairly reasonable to me. What do you think about that? Yeah, I can see it. Um, 
again, their offense is... They have way more athletes than Chambersburg does. And Chambersburg had way more athletes than Carlisle did. They just have really athletic players, really tall, really fast athletic players that we re- we haven't seen since St. Augustine, really. Um, yeah. And we saw how he played against them. It, the defense struggled at times against St. Augustine. So I could see the defense struggling for more than at times in this game. Um, the defense is coming off of a great game, though, that... It could build momentum, so it depends on how the defense plays in this game. If it ends up becoming a shootout, or if it's a blowout. A blowout. <laughs> a blowout. A luau. <laughs> uh. So, yeah. I could A reasonable score for this game could be like 30-something, 20-something, or it could be 40-something, 40-something. Because we have two dynamic offenses, and if we're betting for State College, we're betting for a big rebound. So, But again, against these linebackers, that might not be the case. They, they might, again, we haven't really seen State College respond to a ton of pressure yet in the season. Obviously, we saw them against St. Augustine um, respond to some of the offensive woes in the third quarter and then coming back in the fourth quarter with uh, a long Isaiah Edwards run uh, to respond. So we haven't really seen them play a game where they're really punched in the mouth and they have to go prove something, and this could very well be that game. Yeah, I I think if... There was any game in the first six games, it would probably be this one. But it's nothing compared to what we're going to face in a couple of weeks, the next coming weeks, you know. So hopefully we can do well. I think we're going to learn a lot from this game, and I think it's we're going to have a lot to talk about at the end of it because I think it's going to color how we see the rest of the season much more extensively than any other game. All right. All right. <laughs> so now we've got picks against the spread. Everyone's favorite. Last week we did pretty well, even though you weren't able to hear it. So this week, let's figure out if we can do any better. And this week is a big game in both the Whippeal and both the Midpen. So we got extra games in this this edition of the Pick'em. Alright, first of all, we have what we've just been talking about for like the last 20 minutes. Central Dauphin East at State College. And the spread is 17 in favor of State College. I know what I'm going to pick, but I'm going to let you pick first. Let me guess, <laughs> you're going under. I am definitely going under. State College offense, although it is good, CD East has got some playmakers on their defensive line and and especially their linebackers. So I am not sure if like I could yeah. There's no way we're going over 17 points against this team, but I could definitely be wrong. I'm still feeling the over. I know I'm such a hopeless optimist. No, you're a homer. <laughs> well, I am a homer, but honestly, I I really do think that we have a good enough offense to score more than 17 on them. Just my personal opinion. I've been known to be wrong. I've also been known to be right. So, if you hate this pick, send me an angry email. But, um, 
not really much else to say about that. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. So we'll move on. Uh, next, we've got Cumberland Valley at Chambersburg. Chambersburg's favored by 10 points. Uh, yeah. This is kind of right on the nose because this, I think a Chambersburg by 10 point score is probably pretty likely for this game anyway. So I'll take the over because I don't think Cumberland Valley is a very good team at all this year. Like, n- nothing. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I'm definitely picking the over. Like, Napoleon through Russia, nothing. <laughs> Every time I see a Cumberland Valley score, part of me dies because I'm like, wow, this team used to be so good. And now they're just not. I mean, it's it's really an amazingly terrible thing to watch. Just the descent into madness that is Cumberland Valley football. Alright, so we got McDowell, and they're playing at Harrisburg. McDowell, I believe, is 6A, so, and they're favored by 16 points against Hollidaysburg, who struggled last week and lost last week. Um, Hollidaysburg is really turning out to be the team that we did not think they were. We thought they were possibly a uh, championship contender in 5A. Um, and it turns out they're not that good, really. So, yeah, we kind of put them in the ground and they haven't gotten it up yet since our game against them. It's pretty, uh, it's sad, but you know, (laughs) such as football. We really want our out of conference teams that we beat to win. And at least St. Augustine is doing that. So McDowell is favored by 16 points. Uh, that's way too much. I'm going to take Holidaysburg, even though McDowell is a 3-2, 6A team. I think Holidaysburg will come out uh, fired up for this game. So you think they're going to win, or they're... Under. Under. Just not the win, though. Okay. Um, you know what? I might as well just go for the win, see if I can pull something out here. I'm going Holidaysburg to win. All right. I, I just, think he's going to regret that, folks. How does it feel <laughs> That's to That's a be- bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I just raised you in this betting game that isn't actually a betting game. Seriously, it's not. Don't call the police on us or something. All right, next up we got Altoona. They are playing at Carlisle. It's Carlisle's first home game in a while. Altoona's first road game in a while. Um, Altoona is coming off a overtime loss to CD East, and Carlisle is coming off of a loss against Central Dolphin. And Carlisle actually is an horrible team. You could see this game as a pick really. Carlisle is favored by six points for literally no reason at all. Um, I would definitely take in the under and the win against for or picking for Altoona. You think Altoona's coming out with the win, huh? Well, yeah. Altoona Man, is, is really inconsistent, but... This is an extremely difficult pick. Because Altoona is just so inconsistent all yeah. the time. So yeah. It's frustrating to pick for and against them. Yeah, it's true. Um, hmm. I think I'm going over the spread for Carlisle. Yeah, and that could definitely happen. Literally anything could happen in this game. All right, uh, next we've got Harrisburg at Central Dauphin. This is going to be a fun game. Harrisburg is favored by nine points. Harrisburg hasn't scored less than, like, 45 points all year in a game. So (laughs) 
This is well, except for the first Mannheim game against Coatesville, but or Coatesville, yeah, yeah, yeah. But beside that game, they have been blowing out some teams. They've only scored like they've only allowed teams to score seventeen points combined against them, or something like that, since they played Coatesville. Um, Harrisburg is just so strong in central defense. Or Central Dolphins defense is also very, very, very strong. And this is going to be fun watching Kane Everson playing against C- the CD Rams defense. This is like the matchup of the century. Um, <laughs> so, century. normally, I would pick Harrisburg with the over. But, because of the tragedy to Central Dolphin. And because they're going to come out excited for this game. Because it is, it's at home. I'm going to pick the under. And I'm going to pick the win. I am picking the under. But I'm not at the win yet. I'm not quite there. But I, I agree. I don't think that Harrisburg is going to win by 9 points. Despite the fact that they have a fantastic offense. As far as we've seen. But Central Dolphin also has a fantastic defense. And I think Central Dolphin is good enough to cover the spread. I don't think they're good enough to win. Alright, that is going to be a fun game to watch. We got two really fun games to watch this week. Actually, three if you're into Whippeal stuff, but most of you probably aren't. Uh, Mifflin County at Big Spring. Big Spring, I have no idea how good they are. I don't even know what A they are. All I know is that Mifflin County sucks, so I'm picking against them. Big Spring with the over. The spread is 20. I'm picking they lose by more than 20. I am picking under. Of course. Hey, you knew it was coming, alright? Yeah, apparently Big Spring is in Newville, Pennsylvania, which is a place that I've never heard of before either. But, I, uh, I don't know. I think, I think Mifflin County is decent enough to beat a team like this. I think I actually might go with the under and the win. I know that's pretty bold from IFCO, but... Under to win. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Haven't you learned your lesson? Never bet for Mifflin County. It never works. I'm I'm trying my luck. I'm I'm a gambler. Not really. Don't send the police at me. I am uh, not a gambler. I am taking a risk. I a know when to fold risk. them. I know when to hold them and when to fold them. And this is the game to do it. Uh Wilson at Manheim Township. This Wilson, is an easy pick. Wilson is two and three actually, but Mannheim Township is hot, and they're favored by 19 points. And I'll let you pick it since this is a rivalry game, and you seem to know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> I do. Wow, that's that's very nice, Nathan. Um, uh, geez, this is this is difficult. I don't know a ton about each team, but what I do know is that Mannheim Township is pretty awesome, and Wilson does not seem to be anywhere near their level. So I, because it's a rivalry game, I think that teams always play closer during rivalry games. So I'm going to go under, but I don't think it's going to be much under. Maybe a point or two. You know, honestly, if I were to pick the score, it would be Mannheim Township winning by two touchdowns. But I I don't think that Wilson is anywhere near good enough to win. I am also going to pick the under for that game because... Again, it's a rivalry game. And I don't think Wilson is as bad as people think they are, so... Wilson! Wilson! Spalding! Curse you, Spalding. <laughs> uh, 
Alright, uh, next up we got Seneca Valley at North Allegheny. Seneca Valley is not a bad team. The only team they've lost to so far is Pine Richland. And North Allegheny is undefeated, and they might be um, your next Whippeal uh, champions if they can knock off Pine Richland. These are the three best teams in the Whippeal. Seneca Valley, North Allegheny, Pine Richland. So, and... Two of them are playing against each other. Um, Seneca Valley, I think, gets the upset in this one. Under and win, even though North Allegheny is favored by seven. Even though Porter plays for them, I'm still going with Seneca Valley with the upset. I, We're going to allow it under and wins here. <laughs> I'm going over for North Allegheny. I really like how they've been playing this year. I've been impressed with them on all sides of the ball. I just don't think Seneca Valley is at that level yet. They're good, but I don't think they're that good. All right, and then we got Central Catholic, and this is another real thriller. Oh, it's huge. Central yeah. Catholic, who they've struggled in games for sure. They won 7-6 to six against the team last week. I mean, they'll blow somebody out, and then they'll like struggle against a team that they probably shouldn't struggle against. I still think they probably should have... Sh- beat Central Dauphin and Central Dauphin. Oh, wait, no, that was Burke's Catholic. All the Catholic schools run together. Yeah, they play to their level, is what you're saying. Yeah. But in Pine Richland, we know who they are. Um, They're very good, and it doesn't seem like they're missing the Dracovic loss very much, because they retain just about everyone else. Pine Richland's favored by 10, and I'll take Pine Richland with the over. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, Pine Richland is extremely impressive. I don't think there's a lot of people that are going to take them uh, against anybody, you know. And unless it's St. Joe's, but obviously that's not going to happen until the playoffs, probably. So I, well, I'm i going not. with them. Uh, the playoff structure, I don't know if anybody knows this, but it doesn't line up very well for state college. Yeah, uh, I know we talked about that a little bit. We gotta basically win the mid-pen, then we gotta play the Whippeal champ. Yeah. Which is either gonna be North Allegheny, Seneca Valley, or Pine Richland. Most likely. So, and then, after we win that game, we gotta play the Catholic League champions, which is probably gonna be St. Joe's or LaSalle College. Which are both, like, really, really, really good teams. And then we go to the championship if we win that game. And Coatesville has a cakewalk to the championship. Man, it's just going to be so tough. (laughs) Yeah, we have to beat probably the two best teams in this state at this point just to get to the playoffs. And not to mention we have to beat Harrisburg to even win the mid-pen. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's difficult. We'll, We'll know more. Probably after the Harrisburg game of how we'll line up. If we lose to Harrisburg, it might even be better for us with the playoff structure. So um, That'll end this pod, basically. Um, if you're going to the tailgate, it's at 5.30. We're going to have pizza there. We're going to have Philly Pretzel Factory there. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to have cornhole championships. But We're most gonna- importantly... But most importantly, you're going to have us there. <laughs> the first ever State College f- football podcast live on Facebook Live and live in person pre-game. It's going to be a college game day atmosphere without anybody there. 
And without the TV and cameras and everything, it's gonna... We're the personalities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we only have to buy one mascot head, because they have... One's panther and one's lion, so who's gonna know the difference? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Have Cam McCurdy put on the mac mascot head. <laughs> so... Are we actually getting a mascot head? Yes. This has been the State High Football... No. (laughs) (laughs) I Uh, hope so. That'd be hilarious. I might get, like, a bucket and, like, decorate it. (laughs) So, so yeah, come to our live pod. It's it's gonna be fun. We're we're gonna have a fun time. Maybe even listen to this and then go to the live pod. Then you might, like, go crazy (laughs) after having (laughs) to hear this. Listen to us for, like, an hour and a half. But yeah, the, it, it's not going to be a, a normal episode. We're probably just going to, like, if you want, you can send in questions and we can read them over live. Um, you can ask comments on Facebook Live. You can do that, too. So uh, it, it's going to be more of like a questionnaire. We're going to interview Cam McCurdy, even though he knows nothing about football. <laughs> hey, that'll make it funny. Yeah, yeah that's that's how we roll here. Um, please go. <laughs> All right. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, at the same time, if you have played for the State Eye football team before, they're also having a, uh alumni reception in the Methodist or whatever church that's next to the field. Yeah, I went to that last year. It was pretty neat. So if you're thinking about going and you're not sure because you're a State High alum, you should go because it was pretty neat. And then you get to go down the field and watch football, which is always fun. There's going to be a bunch of them down on the field with us, in but case you didn't know. ours is for 15 minutes before that thing starts, so go to ours first, and then go to theirs. <laughs> yes, true. That's true. how you do it. You can realize how plain, painfully boring and <laughs> normal we are, uh, which you can probably figure out just by listening to these. Um, so yeah, that's been the podcast. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so on Twitter and Facebook. You can go on Twitter and do it at NickHoss75 and at Nathan Grella. And you can contact us at NathanGrella at gmail.com, NickHoss75 at gmail.com. Check out our website. It's in the description of the podcast. You can... Am I missing anything? You can check out all of our great articles on WesternPAFootball.net. Uh, where you might even be listening to this podcast as we speak. Uh, We are also on PA Football News now. Everything that we're posting is also going out to the entire state. And isn't that awesome? (laughs) (laughs) And if you listen to this whole thing and you're still listening... (laughs) (laughs) All all our first-time listeners. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Am I missing anything, Nick? This has been the State College Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hossalter. And I'm Nathan Grella. Go Little Lions.